The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash FutureInvestor slash radio. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Friday, April 14th in Hong Kong, Thursday, April 13th in New York. And coming up today, U.S. wholesale inflation fell in March by the most since the start of the pandemic. Brazilian President Lula da Silva is calling on BRICS nations to come up with an alternative to replace the dollar. The World Bank is calling on Beijing to rework loans for countries burdened with high levels of debt. Arrest in the U.S. intelligence leaks, a 21-year-old national Guard Gamer. North Korea's latest missile launch may be a new kind of weapon. Fort Lauderdale hit by 1,000-year rainstorm. I'm Ed Baxter with Global News. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Doug Krisner. And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. U.S. wholesale inflation falling in March by the most since the start of the pandemic. The government's producer price index for final demand declined by a half a percent from February. The move was driven by a decline in gasoline costs. Here's Bloomberg's Michael McKee. And we've really seen prices come down at the factory gate, as they would say, uh, over the last month. And so this has got to be good news for the Fed. Doesn't necessarily translate directly into CPI, but it does suggest that inflation is going in the right direction. And one of the other stories we're featuring this morning, uh, Brazilian President Lula da Silva is calling on BRICS nations to come up with an alternative to replace the dollar in foreign trade. The move signals Brazil's support for China's crusade against U.S. dominance on the global stage. Here's Lula speaking Thursday during a visit to the Shanghai-based New Development Bank. I ask myself every night why every country is obliged to do trade backed by the U.S. dollar. Why can't we do our own trading backed by our own currency? Why is it that we are not committed to innovating? Lula's comments come as he prepares to meet today with Chinese President Xi Jinping in Beijing. Last month, Brazil and China took steps to make it easier to settle their foreign trade operations in Yuan or in the Real. The stated aim was reducing costs by eliminating a third currency from the transactions. Well, the spring meetings of the World Bank and the IMF are underway in Washington, D.C., and the focus is on debt relief for poor countries. China, you may know, is the biggest bilateral creditor of those nations. Now, the World Bank says Beijing needs to be open to reworking loans for countries burdened by high levels of debt. The president of the World Bank is David Malpass. They're burdened by high levels of debt, so the, the proof is in the pudding. The, the, the details of, is Zambia going to get a 
mem, uh, an MOU. We'd like to see one this week. China needs to be willing to sign off on the structure of the restructuring. Malpass went on to say Beijing has softened its stance and there's been some progress, but more work needs to be done. Brian? Well, yeah, let's take a closer look here at the Bank of Korea. It said that banking turmoil in the U.S. and Europe has not directly affected South Korea. BOK Governor Ri Chang-yong spoke to Bloomberg at the IMF spring meetings in Washington. It hasn't affected us uh, very much directly because our exposure to the Silicon Valley Bank and was quite limited. On the other hand, we are concerned whether the current situation will be well contained. And so far, it looks good. Rhee also said that South Korea is reassessing its policies on digital banking and on deposit settlements, given recent banking turmoil in parts of the world. We go to Apple next. The company has assembled more than $7 billion worth of iPhones. It did so in India last year, tripling production in that country. We have more from Bloomberg's David Inglis. India is now Apple's fastest growing smartphone production hub. It further highlights the company's push out of China. Sources say Apple now makes about 7% of its iPhones in India through partnerships with Foxconn and Pegatron. That's up from 1% in 2021. Apple is reducing its reliance on China as tensions simmer between Washington and Beijing. The migration of production from China to India could have implications for how other brands adjust their supply chains. In Hong Kong, I'm David Inglis. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. In the meantime, the Nikkei Asian Review reports that Apple is in talks with suppliers to make MacBooks in Thailand. It would add to the company's mass production of the Apple Watch in that country. And Apple traded up 3.4%. Well, this is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis with Doug Krisner. So, Doug, the S&P 500 is up near the top of this range of 3,800 to 4,200 that it's been in for about 10 months or so. So it's it's pretty easy for the bears here to say sell and uh, load up on the short end of the treasury curve. And that does seem to be consensus when you hear commentators. Most of the commentators on our program have been pretty bearish. The problem is the market's not cooperating. Mm. And the issue is it's not just big tech. We mentioned that big rally in, in Apple. But it's also industrials, materials, even financials. And so it really puts a little bit of pressure on the bears, uh, but they're they're standing their ground. They're saying if we break above 4,200, it even makes the coming fall um, likely to be greater. Yeah, and particularly when you consider the fact that earnings season is maybe more critical now than it has been in quite some time. We'll begin tomorrow with uh, a lot of the big banks reporting, J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup, and Wells Fargo. There's going to be very close attention paid for executive commentary. Keep your eyes and ears open. Um, on the subject of forward guidance. And as long as we're talking to banks, Brian, we got uh, data here in the U.S. after the closing bell that U.S. banks reduced their borrowing from two of the Fed's backstop lending facilities for a fourth straight week. So the numbers essentially indicate that there has been a further easing of liquidity restraints following a lot of the stress that we saw in the banking system last month. I yeah. think if you compare the weekly figures, about $9.2 billion last week compared to the previous week. So 
it seems like there's some healing underway. Yeah, some healing, but you have to think, you know, people in the market are talking about um, you know, kind of peak interest rates. But the issue for the banks is that that means we're also probably at peak NIMS. Mm. And, and that's a problem when you have a lot of pressure on deposits. And you see the rally in big tech. I think this is kind of flippant, but would you rather put your money in the bank of Visalia or in Apple? <laughs> and what people are doing is, you know, I don't even know if there is a bank in, of Visalia. It's just a sort of uh, a way of, of making this story seem real but you know people are buying big tech because they perceive it as safe i don't know well many of those companies have very strong cash positions on their balance sheet they're holding less debt yes you could make the case that the stocks may be trading at a rich multiple but fundamentally sound companies yeah absolutely all right it is time now for global news the U.S. intelligence community says it has made an arrest in the intelligence leak case. Ed Baxter is all over the story at the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco. Ed. Yeah, Brian, thank you. Boy, and a lot of moving pieces. Uh, U.S. agents arresting Airman Jack Teixeira in Massachusetts. He is in the Air Force National Guard, is 21 years old, is a gamer who they say was posting to a gamer's chat. Attorney General Merrick Garland. Teixeira is an employee of the United States Air Force National Guard. FBI agents took Teixeira into custody earlier this afternoon without incident. A Pentagon spokesman, Brigadier General Patrick Ryder, says this is being taken very seriously. We do have stringent guidelines in place for safeguarding classified and sensitive information. This was a deliberate criminal act a violation of those guidelines. Uh, General Ryder says multiple agencies continue to work on how much information is out there and how to recover it. Now, the Washington Post was able to find someone described as a Texera friend who was often up on the text room with him or the chat room. It would appear as if he sort of grew angry with the fact that only one or two people were paying attention to these documents that he was pouring his heart out into. And as a sign of just anger he just decided to post the full documents so a lot of questions a pentagon will have to answer now who has clearance credentials does it have to look deeper into character how could a junior member of the team 21 years old have that kind of access to that kind of information how can secrets wind up on video gamers chat box Bloomberg's Sarah Fordern. One of the big questions is to what extent is there a Russian connection here? And they are not ruling out that there may have been uh, involvement of the Russian intelligence. They're looking at whether um, the information was hacked or whether the information was subsequently altered after it was shared around on the social media sites um, and whether to share even had a connection. Yeah, or whether he could just be a lonely 21-year-old kid who wanted to show off his uh, importance on social media gamers' platform. Yesterday's North Korea missile launch may have been a new type of weapon. South Korea's military believes new type of ballistic missile, possibly solid fuel, able to travel longer distances. The South says a missile was launched on a high angle near the North Korean capital, Pyongyang, fell into the waters in the uh, EC after traveling about 620 miles. Uh, Australia 
has been Western Australia has been hit by the strongest cyclone in more than 10 years. A key iron ore export had to, had the uh, port had to be closed and a gold mine 248 miles inland had to be closed. Fort Lauderdale, Florida trying to recover from what authorities say is a thousand year flood. More than 20 inches of rain in a 12 hour period. Uh, Mayor Dane Tanella saying that uh, not only are residents but emergency services have just been overwhelmed. There were over uh, 900 calls for service in our fire department and 300 of which were assisted by the Broward Sheriff's Office. The mayor says for Fort Lauderdale, it's it's just about sea level and that it continue to be a trend now the way the climate is changing. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. I'm Brian Curtis in Hong Kong, along with Rashad Salamat in Singapore. And our guest is Catherine Kaminsky, Chief Research Strategist and Portfolio Manager at Alpha Simplex. Catherine, simple question for you. Uh, will the earnings here be the catalyst to sell? It's possible. I mean, I think the challenge we're seeing right now is that we're looking at two scenarios, either the scenario that the Fed goes on pause and that central bankers step back and that looks good for equities, or we're looking at a scenario where inflation is going to sort of be enough to cause people to actually have to react. Um, when you're talking about earnings, that could just give us the data that shows that we're seeing the destruction or the challenge of, of on growth that um, all of this tightening may have um, impacted. Catherine, what about uh, ultimately when you've got credit where it is right now, how much of a dampener is that going to be on growth itself rather than the overall impact it has on the retail investor and also, of course, the average person? Well, I mean, if you think about it, what I think is the most frightening right now is that people are not really thinking about what's going to happen to long-term cash flows and how much credit they're going to need. I think people are kind of in this continually in this state where they think that things are going to go back to normal. They're focused on cuts. They're focused on um, things kind of a soft landing. And they're not really focused on the potential risks of the impact on cash flows that inflation has um, going forward. I think you made a very good point at the beginning, but I still want to challenge it. Um, you know, we're talking about if, if, if the Fed is willing to tolerate higher levels of inflation, that could be good for equities. But if they stay on inflation, that, that could be an issue. The way I would challenge it is a pause doesn't signal that they're tolerating high levels of inflation. It may indicate that they think that the long and variable lag will eventually do the job. That's true. I mean, I definitely agree with you. And I think the timeline is going to matter. 
So even a pause in the sense that they're not tightening more, if they're, it's going to depend, right? Because if inflation continues to be sticky longer, then even pausing may not be enough. Um, I think that's the challenge is really sort of this is a very delicate balance between a blunt tool like monetary policy and trying to actually deal with the the incredible amount of inflation that we've experienced in the last year or so and how that's actually going to reduce. And then is it going to reduce fast enough even if they pause? Yeah. Okay. But is there also, do you think, a, a, a cognizance that... Inflation is something which perhaps might have reared its uh, head anyway, given that you've got huge structural changes. We're talking about deglobalization, decarbonization, also huge, huge demographic changes in the pipeline that actually this is becoming a structural issue rather than one which is temporary. Certainly. And I think that's where it's going to be challenging for investors who think that there hasn't been a structural change. And if there is actually a structural change that inflation is more persistent, then we're going to have to see things happen at the long end of the bond market. I think that's what's been the most that's going to be the biggest thing to watch in the next couple of months. What does that mean for long term cash flows? Because if you're right that there's a structural change who wants to buy, you know, a 10-year note at 3, 3.4? Um, you're going to be in a very different environment than most investors are used to for the last 10, 15 uh, years at least. So you, you see a bear market for sure at the long end of the curve? Well, I'd say that our view in some sense, what we've seen is that we're looking for the bottom of the bond market. I would say what happened recently kind of showed a little bit of indications we might have seen the bottom of the short end of the bond market. But until we can actually see a stable yield curve and we see that there's a premium to holding debt over longer time horizons, we won't know sort of yeah. where um, bond markets are going to move going forward. And that is what I think is what we need to see um, in the next couple of months. You're running counter to that IMF position from a couple of days ago about how um, rates will eventually go lower. Um, you, you think that they're wrong? I don't think they're wrong. I think that there's different time horizons. And I think they may have a very different, much more long-term view than what I'm thinking about. And that over the next year um, or the next two years, it might be necessary for longer-term debt to take into account how high inflation has been and that it might be stickier for longer. Um, I'd say they're probably thinking five, ten years. I'm thinking a little bit shorter than that. Tell me how the dollar figures in your uh, thinking. So the dollar has been really interesting for the last year because it was extremely strong due to the relative positioning of the U.S. It has come off quite a bit. We've seen correlations changing. This has to do with the fact that the U.S. is looking a little bit less strong in relative terms. And just like some of the news has said, it's, there is some question longer term of the potential of it being less of a sort of a core currency and that means that you know you're going to see a little more pressure on the dollar as those narratives continue to uh, rear up yeah something i wanted to talk with doug about a few moments ago because we were talking about lula da silva in in china and the thing is this this alternative to the dollar idea has been floated many times uh, in the past but it generally falls short uh is it more real now because china and its allies want to stand up to the west more and particularly the u.s Possibly. I mean, and I also think just the deglobalization narrative and just the changes we've seen in terms of alliances in the last two years, or at least year and a half, has kind of shown a shift 
a shift in the way things are traded, a shift in supply and demand relationships. And that's something that is going to change the dynamic of the dollar as a reserve currency. Um, it won't happen overnight, but it definitely is some real indications that you could see uh, some pressure on the dollar long term. So again, if you see dollar weakness in, let's say, the medium term, how does that affect, the, you know, the way you put your money? Well, I'd say weak dollar has some interesting implications. It definitely looks um, makes the U.S. look attractive in some ways. We're also seeing um, commodities have moved quite a bit as well. And that's sort of given the fact that most commodities are priced in dollars, you're definitely seeing um, that having an impact on commodity prices. I think what we're also watching is energy prices have moved significantly recently, even though the CPI was looking better um, and inflation measures, uh, measures are looking better, you might, with a weaker dollar, start to see a little bit more of things that are a, a, you know, sort of a, a tailwind uh, for us getting into a better place with inflation as well. You know, the dollar has trended lower for about the past nine months. It's down from 114 on the uh, on the dollar index. Uh, we generally quote the Bloomberg dollar spot index, but it's basically the same. Uh, where do you think for the dollar index, since that's the one that many people use, what is fair value for the dollar? I mean, I think that's a good question. It has moved quite a bit already, but you have to remember it extended also quite a bit as well. Um, mm. The one thing that we have noticed is that the statistical relationships between the dollar and some of the other asset classes have changed. Last year, you saw a really strong uh, correlation between yields and the dollar. And so as you see that dynamic of rising rates fade and the relative position of the U.S. Uh, fade a little bit, you're kind of seeing clear uh, pressure on the U.S. dollar. Um, but that also has ramifications for commodities, like I discussed earlier. So I'd say yep. if you're looking at the dollar, you have to think about um, it might actually come back because it's gone yep. pretty far. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, I'm just looking at the massive rise from the middle of 2021 uh, from about 90 on the dollar index up to 115. It's given back about half. So we're really at about 50 percent trending here, just around 100 or so. Catherine, thanks so much for joining us. Catherine Kaminsky, Chief Research Strategist and Portfolio Manager at Alpha Simplex on the markets. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, 
OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.